Entrepreneur on Fire 753. 194 countries separated by these imaginary stripes in the sand that have been created by people who want to take your money. Mix a little inspiration with perspiration and a dash of Entrepreneur on Fire. Now you have the ingredients to success. Here's the master chef, John Lee Dumas. Your branding is the face of your business. Make a great impression with creative professional designs from 99designs. Visit 99designs.com slash fire and get a power pack upgrade free. Looking for a software developer that can take your project to the next level? TopTal connects you with the best developers all over the world. Sign up through toptal.com slash fire and take your project to the next level today. Fire Nation in the house. John Lee Dumas here, and I am fired up to bring you our featured guest today, Andrew Henderson. Andrew, are you prepared to ignite? I am ready, John. (laughs) Yes. Andrew is a perpetual traveler, global entrepreneur, and a citizen of the world. He is also the founder and editor of Nomad Capitalist, where he writes about finding freedom and opportunity abroad. He travels to over two dozen countries every year to analyze market trends, cultures, and freedom. Andrew, I've given Fire Nation just a little insight, so take a minute. Give us a little detail about you personally and a little more about your biz. Well, the interesting thing, John, is I mean, I've always been an entrepreneur since I was eight. Um, I, I was, you know, selling lemonade on the streets, and I remember <laughs> when the kid down the street in Lakewood, Ohio, tried to uh, hone in on my action. I amped the sales pitch up to uh, say that my lemons were uh, fresher. So I've always <laughs> had this this kind of business, uh, you know, nature in my in my blood. Um, but you know, I've started a number of businesses as an adult. I, I dropped out of a party school to start a, a broadcasting business that worked with, um, uh, you know, a Fortune 50 company, a couple billion dollar direct response companies. That went very well. And then after that, I got out of that and I started some other service companies uh, in the U.S. But what I eventually found was, well, I didn't have to uh, be in the United States. I didn't have to pay the taxes. I didn't have to deal with the regulations. I didn't have to deal with the declining uh, economy, the, the the great competition. And I said, you know, listen, I travel a lot as it is running my business now. Let me do this full time and I will uncover these secrets of going offshore and saving on taxes and taking part in crazy world economies and this great transformation going on. And so that's what I do uh, now at Nomad Capitalist. And, and on the business side, um, you know, it was just an industry that I saw that really was kind of stagnant. Not a lot of players, a lot of people um, you know, we're looking for information. They couldn't find much reliable. And so I, I said, this is something that I can uh, help people do now that I've spent all my money doing it myself. So what I really find interesting about this entire kind of delusion we're going through right now, Andrew, is that you were an entrepreneur from almost day one. Right. And when you saw that there were people around the corner that were starting up a lemonade stand, you came out and said, listen, my lemons are fresher. And that's a true entrepreneur. You knew what the consumer wanted. I mean, my first thought was, my lemons are more sour. And like, of course, that's completely the wrong thing. But I think this is kind of an interesting point to talk about real quick. I don't want to get too sidetracked tracked here, but really interestingly is there's two types of guests I seem to have on my show. One is you, who is actually, I would probably say the majority, who seem to have the entrepreneurial DNA, so to speak. And 
that's powerful. You know, the Gary Vaynerchuk that was making $2,000 a weekend selling baseball cards. And that's awesome. But then you have the other guests that are more like me who I didn't really have an entrepreneurial bone in my body until I was 32 years old. And I was like, huh, this sounds like it'd be a fun idea. Let's try it. And a lot of luck and a lot of hard work later, it's worked out. And so what do you kind of think to our listener who's maybe saying, you know, I kind of am more like John. I'm not sure I really have that entrepreneurial DNA imbued within me. Can I still make it happen? What are your thoughts on that? I look at entrepreneurship as really the great equalizer. And this is why I go all around the world and I talk about some of the countries that I do. Countries most people you know, couldn't even find on a map. Cambodia, I talk about frequently, is a great place to start a business because it's even easier there than it is in the U.S. And all you really need is an idea and execution. I mean, listen, I couldn't have a job because uh, I would never climb the corporate ladder. I feel like I'm a relatively intelligent guy, but I would never feel like I was getting my due in the corporate world because it's not a process entirely controlled by me. Right. Uh, I'd have to you know, kiss up to certain people and, and, and go to parties and play the role and say the right things and do the right things, and that's not me. I shoot from the hip. And so uh, I think that the, the good news for people is, listen, you can't focus on the past. Um, you have to just focus on where you're at uh, right now. I mean, if you're the 40-year-old virgin you can't focus on 40 years of failure to figure out how to, how to create success. <laughs> I don't care if you're 22, 32, 42, 52. I mean, the reality is this is the place where you can uh, do whatever you want and be whatever you want based on two things, your own efforts and the free market. No, I love that, Andrew. And never before has the opportunity to consume so much valuable information been out there for anybody. I mean, you can just get a quick internet connection, download whatever podcasts or audiobooks or whatever courses that you might want, and you can go for a walk in a rice paddy in Cambodia and just be consuming this content while you're you know, halfway across the globe. And, and it's just insane that we have access to this stuff. And it's those that use it are the ones that I'm really seeing that are finding a lot of success. But I digress, Andrew, because we're going to get back on track now. I just really loved that question. And I wanted to bring it up with you because you are just such the every ounce of your body entrepreneur. But let's start with a success quote. Let's get back on track with your mantra and take it away. Well, going back to, again, when I was 12 years old, I learned what I now call the five magic words. And this applies to my business, the offshore world, traveling, but it also applies to business. And that's go where you're treated best. I talked about this last year at our um, Passport to Freedom conference in Las Vegas. We had our first ever conference. And this was the theme of the event was, listen, you have to go where people respect you. So if you want to start a business, you have to go where uh, business is respected, where the employees want to work with you, where the government says, hey, we're going to let you do your own thing. We're not going to overregulate you. In places like Denmark, where they said, hey, you can't charge women more to cut their hair. You want to go to a place where your efforts are respected. You can do what you're going to do. Um, go where you're treated blessed uh, applies to so many other things. Um, you know, I like classical music, so if I want the best classical music, I'll go to Vienna. I'm not going to hang out in Cambodia and expect great classical music. <laughs> uh, Cambodia is great for a lot of other things, but I, I mean, to me, going where you're respected, going where you're happy, which is why so many of your listeners and guys in the Fire Nation are living in places like Ho Chi Minh City yeah. and Bangkok, they're finding that their employees treat them much better, they get much lower costs, they're happy with the lifestyle, it's warm, unlike much of the United States, which is under a, you know, a, a freeze half the year. <laughs> so go where you're treated best, I think, is something you can apply to a lot of things, including business. Now, I want to ask you one quick question before we move on here, and that is 
kind of cornered and focused on the unique advantage. I'm a big believer that we all do have that unique advantage. And I kind of feel like that dovetails in nicely with what you just shared with us about how you can and should go to where you have a unique advantage. What are your thoughts on that? And have you seen people do that successfully? Well, absolutely. I mean, listen, I'm a guy who looks at kind of the economics and, and the demographic of things. And, and what we talk about on our site is you know, kind of the death of the West, the United States, Western Europe. They've, uh, they basically suffer from what I call the Paris Hilton effect. They're rich, but they don't know why. <laughs> it's just, it was bestowed upon them. And so there's this kind of arrogance and it's just, look, it's, it's Entitlement, kind of, I hate it, I hate that. Right, and it's, it's crumbling. And, but here's the thing. If you're in the U.S., not only do you have that to contend with, you know, declining wages and all this different stuff, but the U.S. still has enough people that are entrepreneurs that business is extremely, extremely competitive. And so, yeah, I mean, if you want to start a startup, not only got you got to, you know, pay up to $5,000 a month in rent if you live in New York, San Francisco, whatever, but you got so many people competing against you, so many guys who want to do whatever it is. Meanwhile... Where I am in, in Asia, and especially in Southeast Asia, you've got people who are just clawing over each other to buy products. And so, I mean, there are countries where you can still go and say, hey, listen, I'm going to open a fast, casual Mexican restaurant and make money. Um, so I like to go to places where there are a lot more needs and there are a lot more um, increasingly affluent consumers because you can pretty much write your own ticket. So, I mean, again, that's the free market. Now, some people say that's a cop-out. And... Uh, there's nothing competitive about it. It sounds too easy. The reality is you're in business to make money. You should enjoy what you do, but if you can find an easier place to sell your goods and services, some of these economies you can charge a premium. Some of these economies you have fewer uh, hurdles and hassles, like uh, a lot of these businesses in other countries, they don't accept credit cards. So you have you don't have the risks and the cost associated with that. You get to run a cash business. Um, any number of things. Uh, absolutely. Find the best place. Don't think that you have to stay within one set of borders. So Fire Nation, entrepreneurship sometimes is just about surviving. And if you can survive, and by surviving, that means extend your runway, that can lead you to the opportunity to actually succeed. And when Andrew's talking about spending $5,000 a month in San Francisco or New York, just to, you know, as rent to keep your business going, I mean, that can be the kind of stuff that sinks entrepreneurship dreams even before they have a chance to float because how can you expect to keep up that kind of overhead when you're months and maybe years away from profitability? But you, know, you go to a place like Cambodia or Ho Chi Minh or some other place around the world where you can do that for literally... 1% of the cost, a fraction of the cost, and you're all of a sudden your runway is extended way out and now you can sit back and create that thing that gives you that unique advantage on your time, on your schedule, and not be sunk by these costs that are just weighing down on you. Andrew, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I, I, of course, I absolutely agree, but I mean, here's the thing. The point of a business is to continue to create wealth. You've got to reinvest the money in the business. You have to continue to grow. And so, I mean, I've started and sold a number of businesses. I'm now running you know, Nomad Capitalist and all the different things that we're doing between conferences, membership clubs, etc. Look, I'm in Kuala Lumpur. I have a fantastic uh, place, uh, an apartment that I love. you got the marble floors. You have the view of the Petronas Towers, which growing up were my favorite buildings. I don't pay nearly what I would pay to live in New York City. I could afford to live in New York City, but the reality is I can take the thousands of dollars a month I save even after uh, getting beyond the startup phase, and now I can put that money into 
not only my business or if it's my own personal money, I can put that money into uh, investing in, in real estate and in, in growing places around the world, other investments that I see. I mean, it, it all just multiplies. So, Andrew, you're a successful entrepreneur, and that's one of the major reasons we have you on the show today is because of that success that you've achieved through hard work, through seeing your unique advantage, through making things happen the way that you want them to happen. But the reality is it wasn't always that way. I mean, we all as entrepreneurs have failure stories that just dot our existence. And to be honest with you, there's failures waiting for everybody in the future as well. Luckily, as entrepreneurs that are successful, we know that and we know we can deal with them when the time comes. But I want to kind of take this chat that we're having now and shift it to a story about you, Andrew Henderson, and a time that you failed, a time that you just fell flat in your face. And Andrew, take us to that moment in time. Tell us that story. And then let's kind of chat about the lessons you learned. Well, it's interesting. I can I can think of a couple different things, but I mean, the interesting thing as to why nothing in particular stands out as some kind of open wound is because I think that as an entrepreneur, you can't really focus on that. I mean, failure is part of the game. You know, when I started uh, the radio business, it wasn't doing what we ended up doing that made millions and millions of dollars. It was uh, trying to produce content for radio stations, and that just wasn't something that was a very viable model for a guy who's 19 or 20 years old to compete with billion-dollar companies. It was from that that I figured out that people would come to me and say, hey, Andrew, uh, let me pay you to distribute the content, and we figured out an infomercial model and ended up revolutionizing that business. Um, but I'll, I'll tell you something that I've done a couple years ago that I think is a lesson that you can learn from. I had exited the radio business, and I was kind of being an uh, entrepreneurial investor, finding people to help with their business and kind of advise them. Found a guy who buys and sells cars. And it's very low-rent business. I love low-rent businesses. And I was in such a hurry. I was doing some other projects, but I was in such a hurry just to put some money into this investment and get started and help this guy out that I didn't really do as much checking up as I should have. I figured, listen, things look good on paper. I did all the math the same way when I started any other business it seems good. But the problem is when you're dealing with other people, whether they're employees, partners, vendors, what have you, you need to be uh, scrutinizing. You need to really know what the deal is. And so did I fail? Well, I made 128 bucks on a $20,000 investment. In my business, in my mind, return of capital is failure. I mean, you're in business to make money because we only have so much time. The lesson that I learned there was really that, um, I mean, people are important. People make the difference. Uh, we don't have to like that, but it is the reality. And if you're not really scrutinizing not just your numbers, but your people, you won't be successful. So there's a lot of things I'm taking out of that, Andrew. But the major focal point that I want Fire Nation to really hone in on is that time is your most valuable resource. That's all we have in limited quantities is time, Fire Nation. So make sure that what you're putting your bandwidth into, what you're really taking time to focus on and spending capital that you could be spending in other areas, that you're using that time, that money, that leverage in the right areas. And of course, it's not always going to happen, but make sure like Andrew, you learn from that. So when it comes to round two, you come at it with a little better idea of what kind of things you want to get involved in. And Andrew, Let's continue moving forward and go to the other end of the spectrum for a story for you and your entrepreneurial journey, but this one being an aha moment, a light bulb that went off at some point for you as an entrepreneur. I mean, you've had a lot of them, Andrew, but let's just drill into one story, to one moment in time. Take us to that moment and then walk us through the steps that you took, Andrew, to turn that idea into success. 
Well, I think a, an over, a big aha moment that I and many of your listeners have discovered is you don't have to be bound to one place, and I extend that to governments, taxes, what have you. But for your listeners, for the entrepreneur, um, I had spent, as I said, in, in the radio business, a lot of time running very intricate sales operations, and it was, it was very uh, difficult. It was a premium service. We had a lot of uh, sales stuff to do. But after I got out of that, one of the first things I did, it was a home services uh, business, and Basically, it was born from me buying a house, calling 20 guys to come over and do the service, leaving you know, 12 voicemails. You know, A couple weeks went by, nothing happened. No one returned my calls. No one answered the phone. You tried to get back with them. Aha moment. I can start a business. And in many ways, we're so afraid of competition. And I understand we have to be uh, really alert to what our competitors are doing. And as, as they say on the Shark Tank, you know, be ready to pour boiling oil <laughs> over our competitors and know what it is that they're going to do to outpace us. But I also think that we have to understand that a lot of our competitors in many industries are sleeping on the job in at least one part of their business, in at least one way. They're asleep on the job. In that business, in that home services business, I established a marketing plan with my manager. I said, here it is. Three words. Answer the phone. Aha moment is don't overcomplicate everything. Don't think that you have to have some huge plan because as you know, John, entrepreneurship, as we already said, is about taking action. It's totally egalitarian. Anyone can be successful with the right plan, and the right plan can be very simple and simply grow as the business grows with it. Focus on simplicity. Focus on the one area where your competitors are weak and put together a very simple strategy, even if it's only three words, how you're going to beat them in that way. So Fire Nation, this is incredibly valuable that I just need to come back and reiterate this. Andrew, oftentimes to Fire Nation, I'm talking about the power of niching, but you just really open up even a new door to show why it's so important because no matter what your passion is, Fire Nation, no matter what you're interested in doing, no matter what your field of interest is going to be, whatever that is, you may think there's incredible, intense, huge competition. And guess what? There might be. But also, guess what? There is one area that they are sleeping, that they are letting customers down. And there's a lot of ways you can find out about this. You can go to Amazon reviews for products. What are those one-star ratings? You can do any number of things to see what where your competition is sleeping, where they are failing their customers, and then that can be your niche. That can be an area that you start, build a wedge in, dominate, build raving fans, and then build out. Because Andrew, I mean, tell me if I'm wrong. So many entrepreneurs are terrified of starting in this tiny little niche because they're, they're thinking they're just going to take everybody else that could be potentially customers and say, you know what, I'm never going to serve you. And that terrifies entrepreneurs when they start. So the reality ends up being that they try to resonate with everybody and they resonate with nobody because there's that massive competition out there. But if, like you said, Andrew, if you can find that pain point that's not being answered, if you can find that niche and actually provide the solution for it and then dominate it, that can be the start, the wedge in of a business that can expand out and be huge. What are your thoughts on that? Well, you're absolutely right. I mean, you look at what's going on. I'm not an internet guru by any means, but you look at so many of these companies that are doing well. I mean, uh, what do they do? Oh, we're a scheduling uh, platform for Infusionsoft users. <laughs> They're not. It's not even just a scheduling system for anyone. Right. You have to be an Infusionsoft guy. And so, I mean, look at my business now with Nomad Capitalist in the offshore world. Now, I mean, there are a couple guys in this space who have different uh, areas of, of the niche uh, covered. But what I came in and says is, listen, 
I want to deal with people who I know who they are. I want total transparency. I want to be able to trust because trust is the name of the game when it comes to opening offshore bank accounts, getting second passports. We've seen in the news recently people getting busted for various scams in my business. So it's important to have trust. I said, listen, I'm going to come out and I'm going to build a personal brand like you mentioned. I'm going to be the brand. I'm going to have my face out there. I'm going to do videos. I'm going to do what nobody else is doing. I'm not going to be a big corporation in a shiny tower. I'm not going to be someone hiding behind smoke screens. I'm going to do it differently. And for people who want that trust, that'll be my niche. That's how I'll get it. If you want, if you want smoke screens, if you want the guy in the far-flung island, that already exists. <laughs> but here's how I'll change the industry. And it's been great to hear from some of our customers, members of our club, guys who come to our live events, that they feel like, oh, well, you're transforming this because I can now have trust in what you're doing. And this is now something that I can actually participate in. So uh, I absolutely agree. And I think, obviously, your listeners are very internet savvy and they, um, they can really build their personal brand online. There's plenty of people out there. You won't believe it until you do it, but there's plenty of people out there who, whatever your opinion is, whatever your personality is, they will identify with you. So there's so many things that I love about that, Andrew, but the thing that I really want to dive into right now is the fact that there is that niche out there in every single industry. And you look at Entrepreneur on Fire, I mean, there were plenty of people that were interviewing entrepreneurs when I launched my podcast, but I was like, you know what? I want a daily podcast. There's probably other people that do too. And I wasn't scared about the fact that there were and still are a lot of people that get scared away and are turned off by a seven day a week podcast. It's too much. It's overwhelming. That's okay. They're not my avatars. They're not my listeners. Go listen to a weekly podcast. That, that'll be for you. That's fine. I wasn't scared of niching down. You weren't scared of niching down. And what's pretty crazy, Andrew, is that once you do and once you were able to successfully do that, the word of mouth starts spreading like wildfire because now everybody is like, oh, Andrew Henderson, he's a guy that you can trust. He's a guy that you can go to that will make this happen specifically. Oh, you, you had that issue with that person? Well, that's why we use Andrew, Andrew Henderson. And it's just this word of mouth and there's no better way to market these days than value word of mouth. And Andrew, let's move to today and let's talk about you right now. What's the one thing that you want to share with Fire Nation that has you most fired up today? Well, I see uh, in in my business, I'm fired up about that transformation that, that I just mentioned, that I was just at an event uh, about a month ago in Hong Kong we did for our members. And they did tell me, you know, this is something where we're doing a deep dive now into because uh, we do have that trust. And so I see the future as uh, helping a lot of people uh, really do stuff that can never happen before. I mean, your listeners, for example, who are running online businesses, uh, who are digital nomads, I mean, there's no reason for them. If they're you know, from the United States, for example, there's no reason they have to be slaves to the IRS. There's no reason that um, you know, they have to be paying through the nose for, for the wars and all the different stuff. And we don't have to talk <laughs> politics but because uh, that's not what we're here to do. But um, you know what we're doing now at Nomad Capitals is really reaching out to a new group of people. It's not the mega millionaires and the billionaires. Yes, we have some people like that who follow us, come to our events, what have you. But I'm really seeing the opportunity to reach out to a lot of people who've never thought about going offshore. I mean, think about it, John. You've got all these guys in the internet marketing space who tell you how they make millions and tens of millions of dollars. Now, I'm not their accountant. I don't know their finances. Why? So I don't want to speak out of turn or mention names, but you know all the big names. Most of these guys live in California. You live in California. I do. I, w- I, I, would love, I would love, John, for to see you to come 
uh, to Southeast Asia or to Central America or to South America and get out from under the thumb of the, uh, the oppressive California tax regime, which, by the way, after I paid them off in full uh, eight years ago for a business I, uh, I ran there, they're still calling me, even though they've been paid in full for eight years. There's, I mean, I'm seeing the opportunity to reach out to guys who are making so much money online that don't have to be anywhere. They can go where they're treated best, but they've never thought about it because everyone else is talking to the mega millionaires. They feel like they have to wear like a monocle or something if they wanted to read about an offshore bank account. That's not the case anymore. No, I love your passion, Andrew. And it's so true. I mean, having spent four months in Southeast Asia, I traveled and trekked all of India. And I went to Nepal, to the Himalayas. And I saw it. I met nomads. And I met digital nomads who were out there doing their own thing. And that lit a couple light bulbs for me. And and I loved it. And I mean, if I was just to move even from California to Texas, even, you know, I'd be immediately giving myself a 10% uh, pay raise because of the taxes I would no longer be paying, which at my uh, actual rate right now is a lot of money. So that's obviously appealing to me. But then you can even take it to the next level. And what you're talking about, Andrew Henderson, and wow, like then you're talking real money and especially added up and compounded over time is absolutely staggering. So this may not be the last conversation that we have. But Andrew, we're about to enter the lightning round. But before we do, let's take a minute to thank our sponsors. As entrepreneurs, we know firsthand how tough it can be to handle everything on our own. That's why it's important to utilize the online resources that can connect us with professionals that we need to get the job done. Whether it's a website, a new app for your business, or developing cutting-edge software, TopTal will help you or your team get it done. TopTal offers an entire network of 1,000 developers who are in the top 3%. Everyone in the TopTal network has been rigorously tested by other established developers so you can rest assured that you'll be connected with a pro. You'll be using the same resource that Airbnb and Zendesk use to help get their projects done and ready to launch on time. TopTal is so confident that they even offer a guarantee for every new hire. If you're not 100% satisfied after up to two weeks of working with a TopTal developer, it's free. What are you waiting for? Sign up through toptal.com slash fire and take your project to the next level today. How many times have we all tried to speak specifically and intelligently about a certain topic, but lack the proper lingo to do so? For example, telling your mechanic that the thingy in the engine is broken probably isn't too helpful. It's the same idea when you're trying to communicate with designers about your project. The more specific you can be about your request, the better the chances are they can meet and exceed your expectations quickly and without needless and costly revisions. 99designs makes this process easy. With a creative brief catered to entrepreneurs and small business owners, They set you up for a successful project where over 900,000 designers compete to deliver you the best design. Sounds pretty cool, right? The best part is, projects start at just $199, and your happiness is always 100% guaranteed. Visit 99designs.com slash fire and get a $99 power pack of services free. That's 99designs.com slash fire. Andrew, welcome to the lightning rounds where you get to share incredible resources and mind-blowing answers. Sound like a plan? I'm ready. What was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? I think like you said, uh, John, it, it is in many people's day, DNA. But I mean, here, here are the things that did hold me back. Going to school, wanting to appease other people, feeling like there's a certain path that you have to take. 
I was an entrepreneur at eight. At 12, I was riding my bike selling websites for people to market their house before the internet took off. I and mean, I was always hatching some kind of plan for a business. Uh, and it all kind of went on hold when I decided to go to a party school and try and meet girls who moved to Arizona <laughs> so they could wear short shorts. Uh, it did not work because I was uh, 18 going on 45. Uh, I'm now going on 53, I think. But, not a bad um, age. But, uh, I mean, that was what was holding me up. It was not a mindset for me, and I don't think it is for many people. I think it was simply, all right, here's a physical impediment. You have a job. You're going to school. The question is, are you willing to take the risk? That's what it's all about. Wanting to please others is something that held me back for so long. I mean, I had taken that path, Andrew, of graduating college, becoming an officer in the U.S. Army, doing that for eight years, and then jumping into law school, like thinking that this was the right path, impressing and pleasing others, both of those things. And luckily, before I was literally 53, I figured out that that wasn't for me. And there's a lot of reasons that went behind that. But it took me 32 years. You know, I'm jealous of the Andrew Hendersons of the world that found that out real time at eight. And yeah, it took you a little time to implement, but not nearly as long as somebody like me. But for the listeners that's out there that is 53 or 63 or 70, still, I mean, the best time to plant a tree, yes, it is 20 years ago, but the second best time is today. So get out and plant that tree. And Andrew, what is the best advice you've ever received? I, uh, when I was just getting started back when I was 19 or 20 years old, I had this guy who was uh, 50 years my, uh, my senior in the radio business. He owned a couple of radio stations, and I was hanging out with him late at night, and he was uh, returning calls to people who wanted to buy time and be on the radio. And he was telling me all about how he set up this phone tree when you called the office and you, before you got forwarded to him. He said something very significant. He said, listen, for sales, press one. Sales comes first. He said in this very thick New York uh, accent, <laughs> hey, you know, you want, they need help with something, uh, yeah, let's press two. And I'm not trying to belittle that, you know, you have to provide great customer service because, I mean, in this day and age, you've got to be on top of things. But you have to, it, it really solidified in my mind the idea that, let's just be honest, all the talk of changing the world and all that stuff aside, this is business. You have to bring in money. If you can't get people to push one for sales, you're not going to be in business to change the world or help anyone. So you have to sell. It all comes down to selling and executing on that plan. Business, uh, you got to bring the money in the door. Absolutely. Fire Nation, you're not going to provide anything if you don't make your business a viable business. And Andrew, share one of your personal habits that you believe contributes to your success. One of my things, I'm, I'm, I'm a big picture guy, and I think that I shoot from the hip, and that's really important. Some of my best successes have been, you know what, I've, I've thought this over, I did a little research, I'm going to put some money into that, or I'm going to you know, move in this direction. And it wasn't uh, belabored, I wasn't wringing my wrists over it, I just said, you know what, this makes sense to me. I'm not saying don't have numbers, don't have data, don't do research, but I think that if you are in the entrepreneurial mindset... You, you have a certain instinct. I mean, when I talk to various people, I can assess, do they have the instincts or do they not? Now, the good news is you can develop those over time, as we mentioned earlier. You don't have to be some super genius uh, to do it. You just have to be in business. You have to go through sales. You have to go through marketing. You have to go through customer service. You have to do all the different things in your business. And over time, you'll gain those instincts. But following your instincts, following your gut, I think, is one of the things that's gotten me further than anything else. Andrew, do you have an internet resource like an Evernote that you're just in love with that you can share with our listeners? 
Well, like I said, I mean, even being under 30 uh, now, uh, <laughs> I do act 53. I'm not the internet guru, even though we do have a very successful, uh, very big website. You know, one thing that I, uh, that I love that we uh, are using now on Nomad Capitalist is this appointment core that we use to, uh, I mean, I, I think organization is super important. Being a big picture guy, uh, I could stand to be a bit more organized um, in terms of, hey, when was that appointment? So that's what we use. I like that, uh, you know, it makes it nice and easy. Everyone schedules their consultations with me. My members schedule their times to chat. You know, I get it's, it, it works very well for us. So I could name up other things that I'm sure plenty of your, uh, your listeners are using, but that's one that I think really helps me stay organized and make sure that we're actually, uh, make sure that the talks to the people who are bringing in the money. <laughs> if you could recommend one book, Andrew, for our listeners, what would it be? There's so many uh, great books. Uh, I mean, for fun, when I was a kid, I, I read Donald Trump books just for a laugh. But you know, to, <laughs> to really understand, but the, the, by the way, the original Donald Trump books, not the, the, the puff pieces being put out now. <laughs> like, you got to go back to like the art of the deal. But you know, for right now, because I am a global entrepreneur and I do see so much opportunity outside of the U.S., uh, the $10 trillion prize is a book that I recommend to everyone who really wants to understand what's going on around the world. It talks about China and it talks about India uh, mainly, but there are two important lessons in this book, and I've actually uh, kind of befriended the author. Wow. Uh, but the two, world, the two lessons are one, growing world, go where you're treated best, look outside your home borders, you can, you know, it's a global economy. But also it talks about the need to adapt, which is obviously very, very important in any entrepreneurial venture. One of the stories that really stood out to me was when Oreo, I guess it's Nabisco, I think, went into uh, China and they had these same monstrous packages, the exact same thing they would sell in the United States. And it was a giant flop. In fact, they almost left China but with their tail between their legs, having taken huge losses until they realized, hey, listen, we got to understand what these people want. They don't want, you know, this super sweet cream filling. They want green tea filling. And you know what? They want smaller packages. They want to be able to spend two renminbi, you know, 30 cents, and they want to be able to have four Oreos. They don't need 16. They look at that and say, I'm going to look like some guy, you know, waddling down the, you know, in Times Square with a fanny pack. <laughs> you know, I don't want that. We want four Oreos. We want it to be cheap. It's an impulse buy. But, and please don't give us this sweet stuff. So, you know, there's some good lessons in there that you can take from other people. Um, and, and, and again, big companies, they fail. It shows you that big companies can be taken down. Look at all the companies uh, just around, in your neighborhood that are failing, once venerable institutions that are failing because they didn't heed some of the lessons in that book. Now, and Andrew, this is just continuing to tie perfectly in with this theme that you've created, which I love, that for you, Fire Nation, the entrepreneur, Find that niche that these big competitors, these big corporations, or anybody is not exploiting and get in there and do it better than anybody else. And I know you love audio, Fire Nation, so if you haven't already, you can get an amazing audiobook like this one for free at eofirebook.com. That's eofirebook.com. And Andrew, this next question is the last, but it's a doozy. Imagine you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world, identical to Earth, but you knew no one. You still have all the experience and knowledge you currently have. Your food and shelter is taken care of, but all you have is a laptop and $500. What would you do in the next seven days? I'm a big believer, John, in just going out and gathering everyday intelligence from everyday people. So what I would be doing is I would be taking that $500. I'd be 
you know, going out and just buying certain things, uh, going to different venues, you know, spending $7 at a diner, you know, buying a, a $6 knockoff t-shirt somewhere. I mean, doing whatever I could to interact with lots of different people, uh, you know, going in a hotel and, and, and sipping tea and talking to the concierge of that hotel because, you know, it's funny, when I was a kid and just getting into business, I never uh, envisioned, you know, the board of Chrysler, for example, talking about mufflers. But successful business owners are talking about their product every day. And so, you know, I would be involved in talking to people about the products and services that they're using, just basically having conversations with people. Um, so I do this all the time when I travel around the world. I go to Cambodia and I ask guys who drive me around, you know, why is there no Mexican food here? You know, <laughs> and I ask people who, you know, are eating at fast food, you know, that work at fast food restaurants, you know, I ask them questions. I ask the concierge at hotels questions. And it's like gathering intelligence under the radar uh, that really helps me put together what are the opportunities. Um, that's what I would be doing is getting to know this new world. What do people want? What are they unhappy with? Uh, you know, what do they want to see improved? That's really all there is to it. Uh, if there was money left over, I, th I think I saw that uh, Barbara Corcoran uh, wanted to go out and buy a nice suit. I, I do think looking important is, or looking good is important, so I would make sure that I had uh, uh, something that made me look uh, look spiffy for my new venture. But I really think that as an entrepreneur, you need to have the instincts and the skills to take intelligence, sift through what's good, what's not so good, and you know you don't have to have focus groups, you don't have to talk to experts or gurus. You should be talking to everyday people and using your instincts to determine which of that intelligence to employ in your business. And that's what I'd be doing. No, it's so true. Perception so often is reality. And, you know, looking the part can mean that perception is reality. And no chalupa in Cambodia, that just, <laughs> that took a little hit for me because I always wanted to get out to that area. But I think we could probably make that happen. And Andrew, let's end today literally on fire with you sharing one parting piece of guidance, the best way that we can connect with you, then we'll say goodbye. The most important thing is to think beyond borders. Uh, basically, you look around the world, 194 countries separated by these imaginary stripes in the sand that have been created by people who want to take your money. If you are doing business online, if you're doing business anywhere, there's no reason you have to be restrained within these own borders. And you know, John, I'm doing a, uh, you know, we do live events. I'm doing a next oh, cool. event with the, you know, uh, called Passport to Freedom in Cancun in January. People can learn more at uh, nomadoffshore.com. I put up a, a page for, for the Fire Nation. Um, you know, the first event we had Peter Schiff. And so that was a great entrepreneurial moment to have a first conference that was the best attended of the year and have Peter Schiff there. We're doing that again. And so if people want to connect with us, that's probably the best way to, uh, to find us is at nomadoffshore.com and, uh, and come and learn in Cancun how to follow all of these strategies offshore, offshore banking, offshore companies, tax strategies. Uh, I'd love to see people there. And of course, nomadcapitalist.com, we have a ton of free resources uh, there as well. Well, love the fact that you choose very enticing locations because uh, that's what it's all about. I'm actually heading over to the Philippines in May for the second straight year to speak at Tropical Think Tank with Chris Ducker. And that's going to be a great event. And I just love these destination conferences. So uh, I'm going to have to jump into one of these with you, Andrew. I'd love to uh, to check that out because that is something, me just kind of being a nomad myself uh, with the army for eight years, living in like 18 different places to include Iraq, Saudi Arabia, um, Kuwait, and then of course my four months in India and Nepal, and then another four in Guatemala and Honduras. 
I still haven't quite gotten rid of that itch, so uh, don't don't write me off yet, Andrew. And <laughs> Fire Nation, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with, and you have been hanging out with Andrew and myself today, so keep up the heat and head over to eofire.com, type Andrew into the search bar. His show notes page will pop right up with his contact information, recommended resource book, you name it. And Andrew, thank you for just igniting the airwaves today. Fire Nation salutes you, and we'll catch you on the flip side. I can feel the flames. Thank you for having me, John. Great to be with you. Kate and I host a free podcast workshop every week. I know you love listening to podcasts. Now, how about launching your very own show? Text PARADISE to 38470 to claim your spot today. Thank you so much for joining us today on Entrepreneur on Fire. Head on over to eofire.com for full recaps of every show, our amazing blog articles and resources, and just plain fun. Your entrepreneurial journey awaits, so prepare to ignite. 